What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I was going by Steve Denovi, and we are in our championship rounds of the Two White Lights March Madness bracket. We are deciding, in our opinions, who is going to have the best performance at 2020 Raw Nationals, and we have the female championship and the male championship with Daniela Mello going against Amanda Lawrence in powerlifting's greatest rivalry. It is only appropriate that they meet each other in the finals, and Taylor Atwood versus Ashton Rouska, both one and two on good lift points right now in the male side. So when you have something like that, the debate's going to get contentious. The fans' vote is going to be extremely close, and there was a split decision on one of them. You're going to have to listen to find out which one that me and Steve and I disagreed with, but we are at almost the grand finale where we put up the best male and female, something that regular March Madness doesn't do. That's why Two White Lights March Madness is the better of the two, in my humble opinion. That's normally wrong. But we also end the show off talking a little APF action as well. That's right, USAPL's favorite podcast, self-proclaimed title, but the USAPL's favorite podcast talked a little APF action that took place last weekend in the APF Females Pro-Am that took place in Cincinnati, Ohio. There was some lifts there that really impressed Steve and I, impressed the entire powerlifting world that really, I mean, we just both enjoyed watching it. And we're not going to cover the entire meet and... There was a lot of incredible lifts that took place that weekend, but you guys know me and Steve's forte. It's USAPL raw lifting on the tested side, but still, we appreciate great powerlifting, and there were three competitors that looked excellent, that put up these insane all-time numbers that we uh, had to talk about it because we saw it on the internet, we saw it on powerlifting Reddit, and yeah, it was good to bring some light onto that. So that's the episode for today. And before we get into that episode, got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, visit LeflarBros.com. Follow them on Instagram. If you follow Two White Lights and my page and you don't follow Leflar Bros, I don't know what to tell you. You're not my friend. I don't know what you're thinking because Leflar Bros has the best powerlifting clothing attire on the market right now. Everything that they release is gold. If you don't believe me, check them out on Instagram. Look at what the Leflar Bros family is wearing at the gym, out in public. That's the great thing about their merchandise. You can wear it in the gym, out in public, and you look great doing it. Also, definitely on the platform as well because they got those comp tees, the best comp tees out in powerlifting right now. They are definitely the most visually, appeal- visually appealing comp tees I've ever seen any clothing, powerlifting clothing brand come out with. I love them. I wear them on the platform as well, and you can too, and you can save yourself by money, some money if you use promo code 2WL15 and get 15% off your order at checkout. Remember that code 2WL15, the best powerlifting discount code out there at checkout. Save yourself some money, and on top of that, go to leftlarbros.com and get yourself some two white lights merchandise. That's right. It's only on leftlarbros.com. You can't get it anywhere else. Use that same promo code to save yourself mo- some money on the original tee, the Fight Night tee, the dad hat, 2 white lights, 2WL15 will save you some money. Also, go to Rivalist.net and get yourself some Rivalist supplements. Rivalist is informed choice. So the supplements are amazing. Also, if you're a USAPL lifter on that tested side, that informed choice label is important because 
If you have that, that means there's no banned substances, there's no banned substances, you're good on those drug tests that might not be happening on the local level based on the IPF's most recent uh, rule change. But I digress. Go to Rivalist.net, use promo code ANGELO15 to save yourself some money on informed choice supplements from branching amino acids to pre-workout to protein. They got you covered on Rivalist. Also, go to Lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. I wear stoic gear in the gym and on the platform, and the only reason why I wear it in both is because it is the best gear out there. The singlets, the knee sleeves, the wrist wraps, they're definitely the best I've ever worn, and I encourage you guys all to go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear use promo code angelo10 you get 10 percent off of your order wear some stoic gear in the gym and on the platform angelo10 at checkout and also make sure you are following notorious lift on instagram and sign up for that newsletter no slip drip is a real thing they have the best deadlift slippers and the best looking deadlift slippers out on the market right now but here's the thing. You can't go on Notorious Lift and just buy whatever you want. you got to go on that newsletter and get on those drops because they release so many different colors, so many different designs that you are going to find one that you are going to absolutely adore and you are going to want to get it because it either matches your gym attire or your platform attire and you don't want to miss out on it because they sell within minutes. So follow them on Instagram. And sign up for that newsletter so you don't miss out on any drops. They're just announcing one. It is Friday right now. So one of the Sumo Next Gen is being dropped today. The black and whites. They look fantastic. Don't miss out on it. Also, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our website. So follow on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, and leave a review as well on Apple Podcasts. And without further ado, here it is. Two white lights. Friday, April 16th, and welcome back to the program, Steve DeNovi. Well, hello. Thank you thank you for coming back to returning to your home at Two White Lights. We had a great recap with Kyle and you were busy running your own meet, so I'll give you I'll give you a pass this time. Yeah, I kind of I saw some of the collegiate national stuff, but I, I know a message I was like I can do it, but like I wasn't like keeping track of it. Like I just saw like the highlights on Instagram. Cause yeah, I was hosting my own meet. It wasn't probably until like Monday afternoon. I, I started back to my normal kind of focus of stuff. So, um, but yeah, a lot of really good performances. There's a lot of, I mean, we, we always expect this, but even more so that we had a year off from not seeing a lot of these collegiate and junior lifters. It's always fun. Cause there's a lot of people popping up out of nowhere. Obviously we saw some winners that we've never heard of before a lot of them. So a lot of really good performances and, and new lifters that are going to be exciting. I think, uh, I, I'm blanking on her name, but I think the one that impressed me the most was a cast list. The, the oh, Cassandra Carlton. Kilo. Yeah. Cassandra okay. Carlton. That was the, that was probably the, was she said 76 kilo or 69 kilo? 69. 
Okay, 69. That's why. Um, because like she, like we talked about 69 is kind of up for grabs and that put her right. I don't know if she's competing in nationals, but that put her right up there at like podium. Yeah. That's exactly so, what I, we're talking. That's exactly what we're talking about on that last episode was like, we don't know exactly what she's going to place. We don't know if she's doing raw nationals. Actually, it'd be pretty easy to find out, but yeah. Um, that would in that weight class, possibly two or three in that position. So yeah, she was one of the people we covered, but you know what? We're going to redeem ourselves from you missing that show because we got, we're almost at the, the ultimate conclusion of the two white lights March Madness. We are in the championship rounds with men and female. And if you check the voting, it was appropriately close for both of these matchups. So we had Amanda Lawrence of the Notorious Lift region going against Daniela Mello of the Project Strength region. Of course, that was going to be close. Uh, that is tied to their entire powerlifting careers is 1-2 and two or 2-1, two and 1A, one, one 1B, one Amanda Lawrence and Daniela Mello. And then on the other side, uh, we had Taylor Atwood and Ashton Rouska. Taylor Atwood from the Leffler Bros region and Ashton Rouska from the Stoic region. That was almost too close to call until like right when we were starting recording. Ashton Rouska, uh, you know, got, got a little bit, a few extra votes, but yeah, extremely close with the fans voting this week. And I'm, I'm actually happy to see that. I can't get on the fans too much. Maybe their DMS, maybe their comments I disagreed with, but as far as fans actually voting, I am in agreement with them this week. I'm happy to see the close, the, the, the competitive edge being there. Yeah, I mean, when we're coming down to this last round, that's what it should be. I mean, it, that these are both toss-ups with both matchups to where you could very well make an argument either way, and I don't think there's a right answer. Like, we're going we're gonna to come to a conclusion, but I'm going to guess we're going to have some disagreement and some back and forth because there isn't a right answer here. Like, if, you, if you, any of these lifters win their matchups, that, that there, there can be a very, very good argument going either way. Yes, absolutely. So, you know what? Let's get us started. Let's start off with Amanda Lawrence versus Daniela Mello. Number one versus number two, Daniela was seated at number two. Um, she And just to clarify, she is competing at the 76-kilo weight class, Daniela Mello. We have 84 on there. Those were her numbers as an 84-kilo weight class because 76 uh, is is not really existent right now. I mean, it exists, but she hasn't competed at 76 kilos. So that was her numbers at 84 kilos. And, yes, this is, in my opinion, actually, powerlifting's best rivalry. Um, it's lost a little bit of steam recently because Danielle Mello has taken a little bit of a platform hiatus, but I always go back to 2019 Worlds being one of the best head-to-head competitions I've ever seen between two lifters. It was incredible. I became fans of both of these women after that competition because I I actually was not aware. I was actually not aware of Danielle Mello until a competition. I became a huge fan of her after that, and... Now they're matched up. They're actually going to compete against each other at 2021 Raw Nationals, and it's up for us to decide who we believe is going to have the better performance when uh, when June rolls around. Yeah, this is. I mean, I'm doing little calculations here right now. I mean, one of the. I mean, we talked about a couple times throughout all of this. Is one tough thing with Daniela is she's just not as active with her lifts. Like with Amanda, we see everything she does mm-hmm. at all times. 
Um, and Yella just posted a really impressive lift. She just high bar squatted 440 for a triple. I don't think anyone else in her class is going to squat 440, let alone doing a variation for a triple. Yeah. She, her training's seemingly going really well. I, I, I've mentioned, I think I've already brought this up. If she just repeats her same numbers, the, the 16, 613, let's say 612.5 versus 613. I guess you could do 613 because she's going to, I was actually looking at the 76 kilo records. The 76 kilo records, it's going to be very interesting because like the squat's only like 413. There's some people probably on their second attempt going to break the, the world record or the American record squat. Or Danielle is probably going to break the American record squat in her opener. Yeah. The bench was only 100 kilos. I don't know. That's going to be interesting. Literally, yeah. there's, I don't know how it's going to go for attempt selection. I got a girl that's going to be 76 kilos. I was kind of trying to figure that out. Whatever it is. If Danielle just repeats it at the new body weight, if we're going good lift score, that's 121. Like, that's right up there. I mean, I, uh, Amanda did 122, and I think I've kind of mentioned, like, Amanda did that at a local meet. She's going to have to travel under a different situation. I, I would say Amanda repeating the same performance would be extremely impressive. I, I, yeah. would, I Maybe could she go higher? Yes. But if she's on a national stage, honestly, just repeating that performance she did would be about my expectation. And I think that would be extremely impressive if she did. That would not be like, oh, she didn't add to her total. No, she did it on a national stage that is adding to her total in the, in the sense of like the what it means in the sense of powerlifting. If she does that and Daniela can repeat her total at a lower weight class – this, there's a very strong argument here. It's, it's kind of a toss up. It kind of goes, what's more impressive to you? Like, I, I don't think there's, I don't know if there's a right answer here. Yeah, I agree with that. And I guess it, it comes down to this and it's been the case of the entire competition or this entire, uh, you know, segment that we've been doing is who's building the most momentum and who is going to be more likely to have a better performance at 2021 round nationals based on what we've seen. And, if I'm doing that, I have to go with Amanda Lawrence in my mind because we saw what she did her last competition. She posted the greatest uh, good lift points ever um, in, in the female side of uh, IPF and USAPL. She is obviously a proven champion, uh, former IPF world champion, former national champion, defending national champion. We know this about her, but in my mind, I'm just being told to myself, do not count out Daniela Mello. I, I just yeah. can't, and especially with her training right now, I just can't count her out. And yeah. especially when the last time she was on the platform, granted it was a while ago, but the last time she was on the platform, she was going toe for toe, uh, toe, toe to toe with Amanda Lawrence. And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and forth here, but I'm, I'm going to give a little argument for Daniela. 76 is more competitive. Yeah, the, it the, is. The people I thought that were the most competitive at 84, the vast majority of them dropped to 76. So, yeah, I guess we can compare. When we compare, you have to look at Amanda versus what the 84s have done. But in the sense of at Raw Nationals, winning the 76 kilo class, in my opinion, is going to be a bit more impressive because it's got a bit more depth to it. I mean, we literally have um, other national champions in that class. Other sh- maybe possibly should have been national champions, but Jasmine Penn, we got Chloe, we've got some other people. Um, it's a toss-up, but yes, I mean, you made a point there. Um, I would be a hypocrite with all the things I said for every matchup if I didn't put some weight on the fact that we haven't seen Daniela compete since 2019 Worlds, and we've seen Amanda compete back in November. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's literally when we're talking about Heather versus Daniela. My, my deciding factor there is, like, we can't say either of them competed with recency bias, and so, like, that's where I went Daniela, but, like, 
if Heather had recency bias, I, I, that would have been a different argument. And with Amanda, we do have recency bias. We have her competing. We have her putting that in front of national judges, I believe, correct? I'm, I believe, I believe so. Records. I believe yeah. he has the the American records officially. Yeah, that was that American day. records. I realized actually at uh, Quentin Myers' gym, and I know he was having national judges there. So, yeah, she, she did it in front of national judges, too standard. Yes, she didn't have to travel. That definitely is a factor. Um, she also wasn't doing it on a national stage, which I don't know if this year nationals will be as much of a deal of national stage since there isn't prime time. Because I think prime time adds an element that you, you have to lift later. Yeah, I was um, I was going to add that in with uh, Ashton Rouska. That that's going to be an interesting conversation with him because, like, some lifters don't like competing at night. Yeah, or the opposite. Like, I mean, there's going to be some lifters now that are going to have to compete at eight a.m. in the morning. So it depends on the lifter of which is good or bad for them. It's going to kind of go both ways of if you're an early early morning person versus late. So it just kind of depends. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't I can't forget the fact that Daniela hasn't competed. Um, while her training seemingly going well, she doesn't post as much. Amanda, I don't want to say her training's, it, it's going good, but I don't know if it, it doesn't, I haven't seen anything special since that meet, but I very much assume we're probably going to see a pretty similar meet again from her and be able to match what she did, but now on a national stage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you take this into a different time, if you take this and put it, who's going to have a better meet at the Sheffield, then I, I, I would actually be might be inclined to say Daniela because Amanda Lawrence at the time was spinning her wheels a bit. Granted, she was spinning her wheels in a fantastically huge total. That's all time. That's you know, that's one of the best female totals, regardless of tested, untested. It doesn't matter. Her total surpasses all that. But I feel at times from meet to meet, she doesn't put a whole lot on her total. And that gave Daniela the opportunity to kind of swoop in there and potentially win or out total her or out good lift points her or at the time I out IPF points her at Sheffield. But I think since the time has passed, and she has actually put total uh, put together a good total and a, a improved total since then, I would have to go with Amanda Lawrence on this, but. If you had to ask me of how Amanda Lawrence is going to progress her total from now to Raw Nationals, she does have a tendency just to not put weight on her total. To just stay exactly, to hit exactly what she just hit and that's it. And one, she's in an incredible position to be in because when you could do that and still be like the best female lifter with going five or six for nine, that's unbelievable. That's incredible. But... She she has done that before. That it that is that is kind of her. Um, that is the only weakness she really has is just not being able to surpass her last performances. Yeah, a lot of that too. I mean, if we go back like two years ago, her gym numbers were better. Or actually, three years ago, Amanda's gym numbers were better, but they were that was irrelevant because they're just standard. And that's kind of one of the reasons we saw kind of what seemingly her weights went down for a little while. And now they're kind of very incrementally going up versus some big explosion in training because the biggest thing Amanda's done is she started training the, the standard and we saw that. That's why she went nine for nine. I mean, that was, I, I, I can't say any of those lifts were questionable when she went nine for nine. That mean no. every single one was to depth, good pauses, solid lockout. Um, and that's one of the reasons we've seen her numbers kind of, I don't want to say stagnate, but they don't look 
the same because I think she didn't she squat 600 in the gym way back before 2019 Raw Nationals and then only squatted what 525 at the meet or something. I'm um, not just because. Yeah, I'm not. For, I'm not exactly. Sure, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what the number she hit, but I do know that it seems like, based on what we see on Instagram, just stuck on a certain number, for a while, like stuck yeah. on a certain like I think it's a like you know five sixty seven squat or something like stuck on that well, number, not- and we you can't when you see that every week like okay where what's it going to be on the platform. But luckily for well, her, it's a 567 squat. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Is like she literally, the 567 squat just kept getting more and more to standard so that it actually could be replicated in the meet versus can only be done in the gym. So very much credit there is like, yes, there wasn't an absolute load being increased in the bar sometimes, but the standard of that absolute load was increasing. So with that being said, like I said, like she took a massive jump from Raw Nationals to the Gaines Giving Open last November. Yeah. Uh, 70, 73 pounds. Um, it's going to be tough to follow that up. And it, like I said, it's, it's, it would be absolutely, it would be an unbelievably impressive performance in my opinion for her to match that on a national stage. It'd be even more impressive if she topped that, but I expect more of kind of a matching of it. Um, for Daniela, again, the, the big question mark is how is the weight she's, I'm not sure her body weight currently. I'm not sure if she's going to be able to like before leading into the meets, she was, she didn't have to cut it all. Like she was under, she like, I believe Amanda has to cut into the meat. Daniela 84 didn't have to cut. I'm assuming she's not going to weigh less than 76. I, I, I'm going to guess she's probably going to have to do some type of gut cut or water cut leading the meat. And we're going to have to see that, how that affects performance. But again, I'm just going to have to assume that they're going to bring the same totals that they brought before. Yeah. And right yeah. then and there, it's pretty darn equal. Like it's a complete toss up. And the only thing that's going to change my opinion there is then the recency bias, which makes me lean a little bit towards Amanda just because we've seen her compete and we've seen it done in a meet. And even though I think Danielle is capable of it, I've got to kind of lean with what I've been putting a lot of weight on throughout this entire March Madness thing is there's a recency aspect and we've seen Amanda compete in November and we saw what she could do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess my I showed my cards last week, right, with who I'm picking. Because if I picked Heather Connor over Danielle Mello, um, I'm you know picking Amanda Lawrence over Danielle Mello just based on just that alone. And I, I again, if you go back and take this into March of 2020, I might have a different opinion on this. Actually, I will tell you that I I thought at the time that Danielle Mello had a great chance to beat Amanda Lawrence at Sheffield. But now it's proven to me that it, it, and it's very possible that Amanda Lawrence has, has fixed some of the issues that she's had. And that's going from competition to competition and stringing together really good progressive meets. And it could very well be the case now because she's done that since Nationals to her last meets. And I was actually doubting her at the Sheffield if she could do that or not. But... I do think she can do it from now to nationals and Daniela Mello. I mean, maybe if there was a competition in the meantime, maybe if we saw just one meet at 76 for her, I do not doubt her capabilities because just looking at her, it's almost like the yin and yang, if you will, like comparing those two, like as Amanda Lawrence, uh, really just with brute strength, she is the best female lifter just with absolute brute strength on all three lifts. She's the best female, where Daniela makes everything look so smooth. 
Like, nothing mm-hmm. seems is, like, breaking her. It's, like, it, everything just seems really technically proficient and smooth, and that's why I'm just, like, there's so much potential for progress here, and we're talking about potential progress from one of the best drug-free female lifters in the past five years. And to me, I'm like, that's what's really, you know, gaining steam in my head. It's like, hey, if Daniela Mello can, you know, maybe put a little bit on her total from her previous meets, she can definitely take this. And I, it, she's a hard bet against, but we just don't have that yet. We don't have that. We're going to see it at Raw Nationals. And just based on that, I really have to go with Amanda Lawrence. And I also do truly believe that Amanda Lawrence has fixed a lot of the issues that she's had that, um, that she has been criticized for. It's hard to really criticize a champion, but that's the only thing she really has going against her is just a few, like, five for nine, six for nine meets. That yeah. still was and, best for and best since of all of Since the gym lifts, Danielle has never, I can't remember ever a time where she's been, like, a big gym lifter. Like, all of her big meets, there wasn't, like, some, like, crazy gym lift that you're like, oh, my gosh, this is what's coming up in the meet. Where Amanda's kind of more the... Uh, you see the crazy training and now she's finally starting to match that actually in the meet. And I, I, I'm coming back to something you mentioned before, like they tied in sense at worlds and Amanda won. I literally think you could replay that same meet 10 times and it'll be either way. It could go either way every single time. Like I, I, Daniela 100% had the capability to win that day. Amanda obviously had the capability because she did win. Um, if you would have asked me after that meet who was winning Sheffield, I would have put my money on Daniela because I had a bit more confidence in her ability to perform um, to standard and hit all her lifts. Where mm-hmm. I think Amanda Amanda struggled in 2019 Raw Nationals with that. I think she well, I one. I thought uh, at Raw Nationals I wasn't I wasn't informed that she wasn't competing after Worlds. Like okay, the next time they're gonna be is Raw Nationals. I was for sure thinking Daniela was gonna win. Yeah, more time. But if my reason I thought Daniela was going to win at Sheffield was because of her my my stronger confidence of her meet day performance, Amanda kind of canceled that out with her meet in November. She exactly, she erased yeah. those question marks. Exactly. That exactly why I have to. I, that's why you know I'm just you know skewing the side of Amanda on this one, which so. sucks because this is you know we're coming down to a thing where it's like. Anytime you're deciding a lifter is losing in this opinionated battle, it kind of like, oh man, I, you know, don't really want to say that they're going to be the loser at this meet. But yeah, I would have uh, Amanda winning best female lifter in the women's side from the Notorious Lift region. The fans thought that as well. 53% of the vote went to Amanda Lawrence, the closest female vote I think we got since, uh, since the first round, I think, with Brittany Saplicki, and I forgot who she was going against, but, yeah, I think that was almost, like, 50-50. But, yeah, 53% went to Amanda Lawrence on that one. Yeah, and I I mean, this is going back to last matchup. I consider, like, we're looking at who's going to win best overall lifter on Nationals. I consider Amanda, Daniela, and Heather 1A, 1B, and 1C. I don't consider it 1, 2, 3. Yeah. It would, it would not surprise me, nor could I – like say someone's wrong for saying anyone picking one of those three. Um, Bonica, I'm not saying she couldn't like be the best lifter in the sense of performance, but I just don't know if good lift points match up bias wise with yeah. her. I just don't think like, I'm literally saying like, who's going to win the award based off of good lift points. I don't, I, I think, like I said, I think 
Monica could go 1500 and if she does that or like 1500 plus on her total, that could be the most impressive total nationals, but it just won't mean she's best lifter because she's a bit biased against, um, on good lift score for going good lift score, Amanda, Daniela, or Heather could all do it. It it could be just a matter of who hits the most lifts. Whoever goes nine for nine is probably going to win best lifter between the three of them because they're going to be neck and neck with that. So, and with Daniela and Amanda, if they both do exactly what I think they're going to do, it's literally a tie, in my opinion, of who is going to have the most impressive performance. It's a tie. And the only tiebreaker I have, because I can't go back to past national champions because they both won national titles. I can't go back to worlds because they both won worlds. It just goes back to we have a recency bias of seeing Amanda do it on the platform. And that's been that's that's got to be my tiebreaker for now. And I would love for either Heather or Daniela to prove me wrong. But if I'm going to put my money on something right now, it has to be on Amanda because we, we've just seen it. We haven't seen Daniela and we haven't seen Heather compete since 2019. We've seen Amanda compete. So therefore, we have a better idea of what she's going to be capable of. And so that is, in sense, the pick that we have better knowledge of what's going to be happening. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I, I agree. It was super close and... Um, I can't wait to actually see them on the platform together because, like I said initially, that was the best head-to-head matchup I've ever seen in powerlifting. Steffi and Mariana and Daniela versus Amanda were probably the two best head-to-head competitions I've seen. I would, and I would actually say that uh, Amanda and Danny were the best. So we have Amanda moving on. She gets the crown as our. Best female lifter in March Madness based on fans voting. I, I, I don't think she's ever. Yeah, she is a clean sweep for her the entire competition. Uh, yeah, so I far. She, we didn't have a single vote against her. Single vote against her as far as fans voting and uh, the two highlights voting as well. So that will bring to our men's matchup for our championship between Ashton Roska, Taylor Atwood, both one seeds. And if I could just bring up the voting right now. It was 51% towards Ashton Rouska in the morning while we were, while the day we were recording on a Wednesday, it was separated by four votes, four of them. And since Ashton put together like only a 20 vote lead. So this was super close. Ashton already has the fans vote. So he has, he's one third of the way there. Um, this one, this one's just cool to kind of debate because it's a 74 kilo lifter versus a 105 kilo lifter. Massive contrast in weight there. You have to make the argument for, you know, best overall, what's more impressive, the weight being lifted in relative to weight class. This is where you can actually start using accolades as tiebreakers. Taylor Atwood has the accolades. Ashton Roska has the potential for the freakish total. This is this is just a fun debate to have. Yeah, I mean it's 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 Danielle and Amanda's a bit closer since they're they've obviously competing against each other and they're closer in weight class, so it's a bit easier to kind of distinguish impressiveness. Ashton Taylor's not. I mean, it's it's like, do you just like the freakish total, or do you appreciate that kind of just pound for pound strength? And for me, I mean. It kind of comes down to the fact that I can't see Taylor losing. I can see Bryce beating Ashton because Bryce's training is going really good. Yeah. And, and 
Taylor doesn't have bad meats. Nope, he Ever. doesn't. Never has a bad meat. It, and even and his so, bad meats are like fifth all time in good lift points in the 83s. Yeah. Like that's his bad meat is like he put a top 10 good lift points total in 2020 uh, competition. I think he was still top 10 all time as far as like good I lift ex- points. I expect Ashton to hit 2100. That's his goal. I expect Taylor to go over 815. Both of those tie in the sense of impressiveness. We, we talked about before, like, they're not, like, trying to, like, beat someone. They are the standard. They're just beating their own standard. So we, yeah. it's hard to compare them against someone else of, like, who they're beating because they're, they're setting their own standard. This, the difference for me is the fact that Taylor continues to win these head-to-head battles that we doubt him in. Ashton has gone back and forth in winning those. Yeah. And the fact that... And, I, it literally, one of the things that kind of swayed my opinion on this was seeing some of Bryce's training recently. Yeah. And knowing that I, I really think Taylor's ceiling is one and his floor is one. Ashton's ceiling is one and his floor is two. Well, here's what I'll disagree with you. Well, I actually, I don't know if I'll disagree at this point because I'm a, oh God, I don't know if I should say this. I'm a little worried about Austin Perkins because he almost got, dumped with 771 and that takes an effect on a lifter when they're trying to compete for raw nationals that's going to be in nine weeks so if he did about... if the, i'm i just don't i just uh with with the, him competing single play nine weeks out from a meet i would say just before that if atwood starts missing lifts which all i think he really only has to miss two which if he missed two lifts, I could actually see Austin Perkins winning. So I'm not when's, ready to when's say the last his... time Taylor's ever missed two lifts though. Ever. I don't know if has it's he ever missed happened. has he missed two lifts in uh twenty nineteen Raw Nationals? He missed one. He missed his last deadlift. Okay. That's I don't know point. if he's ever gone less than eight for nine. Okay. Yeah, so if he goes eight for nine, I think he's winning. But if he if if he goes seven for nine open I'm just saying like the only okay, time so... I'll say someone's floor is number one is if it's a Amanda Lawrence or Danny, Daniela Mello's place or Bonica Brown's case where they can go six for nine and five for nine and still win. Okay. That's what I mean. I agree with that. Like, I agree with that. Like, yeah, Daniela uh, and Amanda, they win on their openers. Like, yeah. They literally can go three for nine and they win. Yeah. So, uh, like, yes, it's would... plausible Taylor gets second. It could happen. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's possible. The fact, I'm looking now, the last time he went eight for nine, he did go eight for nine in 2020, but that was at that meet where he was just coming back from the injury. Yes, yeah, I was saying his bad meets are still top 10, 83 kilo. Like, and he wasn't really, I don't think he was trying necessarily at that meet to like hit some perfect total. In every meet of nationals or IPF worlds, the last time he hasn't gone eight for nine was 2017. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I... He's went nine for nine, one, two, three, four, five of those meets. He's going to hit his lifts. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree with you on that point. I uh, If you're talking about, you know, platform executioner, he is the best. I'm just, I, I'm i not going to count out Perk just yet because I know, one, they're, own, they're separated based on their best performances by 15 kilos, even though I think are, are 12 kilos, but I do think that Taylor Atwood is capable of more. I would bet Taylor Atwood on this, definitely. But I, I guess my, I mean, your argument comes stronger because, when I saw Perk compete recently, I'm just not a fan of competing 
nine weeks yeah. from your biggest competition in your competitive career doing single ply and that takes a massive toll on your body and especially when you're trying to squat he was trying to squat 800 that day like yeah. and um, the people that are changing the, the series taylor's able to train just like he always does and bryce is able to train like he always does yeah like if i i'm just i'm looking at like if we put taylor and ashton at 1a and 1b Bryce, ha- but I, then I have to look at who could possibly beat them. It is a very strong possibility that Bryce could beat Ashton. It is less of a possibility that Perk beats Atwood, and that's that's the that's the biggest difference for me. If I'm if I'm just looking at like okay, where my argument is, I could um, I could well I, as, I could agree. Ashton, with you. I can't argue against Ashton's meet day. Ashton's gotten a lot better with his execution. He was just posting about that today. I think in the sense of depth, he had some issues with depth. I think he's definitely fixed that. I don't think Ashton's going to lose a meet when sometimes he has an underperform. I don't think he's going to underperform. I just actually think Bryce could possibly challenge him just based off of strength. That's how good Bryce is looking right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do agree with you on that. Um, that, that I, I would, even though I think it could be debatable in some people's eyes, uh, who has a better chance of winning. Yes. I, I, I would agree with you on that one. And it's, it's, for me coming down really to Ashton putting together that meet in November where he put together the highest good lift points and being 105 kilos and doing that, because I'm not going to lie when he said he was planning on doing that. I'm like, Ooh, that's going to be hard to accomplish. 105. It's a little bit better for 74s. As far as good lift points that that formula, it's like, I don't even think he should try to compete with a formula. Because when you compete with a formula, it's it's hard. It's just like you have to move weight that I don't even think is necessary at times. But he did it. He did it, and this was after Ash. Uh, this is after Taylor Atwood's a twelve performance, and that to me holds a lot of weight because when you're able to do that, that is such a massive precedent and is such a statement when you can do that. And I think. With the time he has off from the Texas Strength Classic to Raw Nationals, I think is the perfect amount of time he needs to heal, recover, and surpass that performance that got him to that level. I'm not doubting that Taylor Atwood won't be able to surpass his 815 or his 812 kilo total and go something into like the 820s, 830s. I'm just thinking that Taylor I I'm just thinking that Ashton Rouska could do the same thing. And to me, I do value what's the, the heavier weight classes. I do value the amount of weight that you move. And no matter how you look at it, Ashton Rouska is going to move much heavier loads at the meet. Yes. And that, that's where it can be an argument of like, what do you find more impressive? Just raw weight lifted? And this argument, I mean, like, I get what you're saying. It goes back to what do you just truly find more impressive? More weight lifted or pound for pound of being a 74 kilo and the, the approximate weight of, I mean, an 815 total. I get that. That it's just it can be differing opinions. I agree with that to an extent. Like if it's just truly just weight lifted on the bar, I, I mean, there's no Wilkes in the jungle. Like yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. power lifters. Um, I mean, I, I I mean we talked about like if Ray was going 2450, he probably wins this whole thing. Like yeah. that, that's most impressive performance in my opinion in USAPL and IPF history is Ray going 2456 or 2452 or whatever it was. That wins. That's the most impressive. So my thing comes down to the fact that like, if 
Ashton goes 2100 and Taylor goes 815. What is that? Close to 1800 or something like that. Yeah, Dude. about that. Yeah, 1800. Going over 1800. So Taylor goes 1800. Ashton goes 2100. I think both will happen. I kind of put that as one A and one B. And I can make an argument either way. One is more impressive than the other. I, I don't think it's a wrong, there's not a wrong answer. You yeah, saying really. Ashton's more impressive or me saying Taylor's more impressive. There's no right or wrong. Well, then, where, hold on. Where would that put Ashton, though, in the 120s? So I can remember if we could do that, have that experiment. Ash, that 2100 and 120s will get him second easily. Yes. 815 and above third? Yeah, but there's an issue there of 120s is not 83s. That, that We can't point. compare those weight classes. Okay. I get what you're saying there, but I think third or fourth at 83 is just as impressive as second at 120s Good because of the depth of the weight class. Here's where my tiebreaker is. I'm going to go back to not only – we can talk about meet day performance and Bryce and Austin, that kind of stuff. we got to do tiebreakers. we got a six-time national champion and a two-time IPF world champion. Yeah. Taylor is – him and Ray are the two like current lifters that have the most impressive resumes – in the entire USAPL, in my opinion, for the for the men's side, yeah, that that are at the top. Like you've got a Dave Ricks and whatnot, but I, I'm I'm Dave Ricks in the totality of his career. But Dave Ricks isn't at the top right now. Taylor's at the top. Ray could plausibly be at the top, but Taylor truly is at the top, and he hasn't peaked yet, and we haven't seen the best of him yet. He's already at goat status for some people. He can keep improving upon that, and. I have, a, if I'm going tiebreaker, I have a hard time not looking at that and knowing he's already the greatest 74 of all time and he's getting better. We can't call, I'm, I'm going to say that I can't call Ashton the greatest 105 of all time yet. He hasn't won 105s at Raw Nationals and he hasn't won 105s at Worlds yet. So he, even though he has the best total, he can't be called the best because in head to head matchups, he hasn't won that matchup yet. And I'm going to have a hard time saying him over Taylor when I don't know if Ashton is going to beat Bryce until I see it. Yeah, I, I understand those arguments. That makes sense to me. But, I, and, and I do agree. The, the, yeah, the past accolades, I think, in this, in this regards is very important because you're looking at Someone who's continued their dominance and it's not within a race situation where we see signs of regression. We don't see any signs of regression of Taylor Atwood. We see progression. Uh, someone did bring up that this is like almost like a this is actually this is a powerlifting version of Mahomes versus Brady. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. Like, who like, won this year? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Uh, yeah, and I was because I'm like, yeah, that's a perfect comparison because you know. Ashton is the flashy guy, the guy who we know has the potential to own powerlifting for a really long time, but you still have this guy who everyone is expecting to regress, but doesn't regress. We were saying this in 2019 that we expect At we expect uh, Atwood to regress. All the 74s were like, yeah, but his time has to be coming, right? And yeah, then he that's told me. I thought I thought yeah, Atwood I did too. Was- he peaked and he was going down and boy, did he prove us wrong. And I'm not voting. I I'm not saying that again until it happens. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and yeah, that, that, that does make sense to me, but I still think when it's, 
just when you're taking into account what's going to happen next competition, based on what I've seen from their training, based on what I've seen from the most recent competitions, I could see not only Ashton Rouska beating him on good lift points, but I could also I have I I I'm very confident that he's going to be priceless, Ashton Rouska. I think this is going to be the meet where he actually beats him. Um, I put him as the favorite. I think he will, but I also said that la- I also thought that last time too. Yeah. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discount that. I, where I but I actually would still in that regard. I you're gonna try to pick my words wisely here. I think Ashton at that time still had that stigma of being a gym lifter, and he yet wasn't accomplished on the platform, and he was still pretty raw, and he was ex- especially raw because he didn't have any coaching. Yeah. Oh, there's a big difference in the fact that Marcellus is coaching him now. I definitely don't discredit that. That is a big difference in the fact that I fully expect, I fully expect Ashton to go 2100. I don't expect him to lose this meet, like to, to underperform. I'm just saying I'm not discounting Bryce to outperform him. I don't think Ashton nor Taylor is going to have a beat that's bad. I think they're both going to put up just ungodly numbers it's just that bryce could possibly do that too i don't think perkins is going to be able to match atwood yet especially for the fact that he just competed and he doesn't have the ability to go with that so yeah my opinion has changed if you asked me that's beginning initially i would i would say now i i i do have atwood more so if we do betting odds right now right we do betting odds i think atwood increases odds as a favorite I think it would be like minus 500 for him to win uh, 74s or like minus 300 um, to be a little bit more fair. But yeah, I think if we had this a conversation initially, I'd be like, eh, Perkins has a chance here. You never know what's going to happen. But I just, I, I don't know what's going to be left in the tank when Nationals comes around, especially because Perk wants to also do single play at Nationals. That guy needs mm-hmm. some sitting down and talking to. Yeah. And he <laughs> likes equipped more as well. Yes, he does. He's been on there. Yes. So, I mean, another factor too, I mean, I don't want to say Ashton emptied the tank. He definitely has, I don't feel, man, he also doesn't really grind out squats. They always just kind of look easy. Like, I don't think he necessarily, like, truly grinds it out. I don't want to say Ashton emptied the tank by any means. But, like, we, we have a better idea of where his ceiling was. Seemingly, Taylor is feeling good. I literally don't know what he could have done at that day if he emptied the tank. Exactly. I, he legitimately looked like he could go 830 plus. Exactly. Every lift looks so easy. And if he goes, okay, tell me this, because we're, we're doing hypotheticals. If he goes 830 plus, and that legitimately is something he has, and Ashton goes the 2100, what's more impressive? What's the, what would the margin of victory be, do you think, if Ash totals 2100 over Bryce? I mean, Bryce went 2066, didn't he? At, uh, at at Nationals, or? I would, yeah, because I, I oh, see. Oh, no, okay. So, at Nationals, he went 1989, but I think Bryce went 2066 in that mock meet, which I, I, act, I don't want to, the mock meet's not a meet, but I actually put a little bit more into Bryce's than most because it was yeah, it's a decent Bri- standard. And it's Bryce. And it's, and it's Bryce. He was he was not trying to cheat the system at all. Yeah, like, Bryce, I is, not, Bryce is not a guy who is looking for clout anymore. <laughs> he is, yes. He is a... He is not that. I believe Bryce can go 2080 to 2100 plausibly. Okay. All right. Well, uh, man, I would, 830 would probably get you second. 
at 83s. And that'll be impressive, uh, to say the least. I think that will be... I just... I, I still... I always have favored the heavier weight lifted more, though. Just the amount of weight that's actually being lifted, and it is so unprecedented. Like it's still, it's still unprecedented for within that weight class for him to be lifting that. And when you're totaling twenty one hundred, you're you know almost on dentist territory, right? Like mm-hmm. in the one twenty. So I still, I still would go with Ashton on that. I, I would still twenty one hundred. I would still go Ashton. With Atwood's eight thirty. If if I had to bet, I don't know. If, I don't know if Atwood's going to total eight thirty though. But then at the I same time, know, I, I don't know. know. Yeah, and I know you don't know. I'm, I'm saying, if he, yeah, if he was empty in the tank, that's you know, it's going to be interesting. Is like what at nationals Taylor Atwood possibly decides to do because when possibly you have just the the win kind of wrapped up, which he possibly can't have by his eighth attempt. That day, it's like, okay, how much do you really push it towards your last attempt, right? Or, like, if you could see you're winning it by the sixth attempt. Based on what he commented, maybe we added fuel to the fire to make sure he does go harder on that third attempt. Yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, he's. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna put one more thing out there. If he wins this, that's seven national titles in a row. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. I. You might be talking me into it right now, and I don't feel like shaking. I mean, I'm going to go the opposite way. I think it's... Nothing against Perk. I'm saying if Ashton comes back and beats Bryce, that is more impressive than Taylor beating Perk. So there's a there's something there because Ashton would be beating an IPF world champion and multi-time national champion. There is more to beating Bryce. It's just my issue of that Bryce could possibly win again. And if Bryce wins again, Ashton can't be the best lifter because... Bryce beat him. And I already mentioned, like, if, if Bryce wasn't, who did, I forget who he got up against. He got shafted in his uh, round or whatever. What was it? Let me see. Oh, he, he went against Taylor. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we voted Taylor over Bryce. Or no, uh, no, we did Keiko. Was it Keiko over Bryce? Let me see. I, it would be funny if it was Perkins. No, we did Keiko over Bryce. We did Keiko over Bryce? Ooh. So that, that's setting precedent there because I, I still pretty I still decently agree with that. If Keiko, if he goes, if yeah, he Keiko can still very record, well. Yeah, if Keiko beats Jesse Norris's record, that beats Bryce, and if Bryce beats Ashton, Keiko beats Ashton and Bryce. But then we had Taylor beating Keiko. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting when you when you when you phrase it in that way. I every sports analogy too that I bring up actually just doesn't work out for Ashton, which is unfortunate because yeah, pretty much every single one is like. I also see Ashton as kind of like Gonzaga. Like I look at Gonzaga this year in the college basketball uh, March Madness, and I'm like, I you know I I know that they don't have the accolades in the past. They're good. They're always known for being a great basketball school. But then once they get into national championship and they face a certain team, they, they don't, they don't, they're not yet at that point where they could beat them. But at the same time, I had them winning the tournament. Like I, I thought mm-hmm. they were going to win the tournament just based on how they looked and how, you know, how big a potential that was there. What is the, I mean, the, the margin of victory too, that they were winning by was big. And then they end up facing Baylor, who 
is almost the same team, but they kind of had a little bit lull, and I could I could still compare that to Taylor Atwood in a way. Yeah, I mean, argument for Ashton. Again, if he beats Bryce, I think that makes him the most impressive lifter. It's just that, that that's Nick. Two, I mean, just as a fan, there's no one I'm stopping when I'm doing more to watch than Ashton Rouska and uh, John Hack. Those are the two. Yeah, I agree. Those are the two lifters I, I, I want to watch more than anyone. I I agree. You know, and the thing I'm losing sight of is the fact that Ashton Rouska put in a better good lift performance than Taylor Atwood. That's the one I, I am losing sight of. Because but he missed the lift and, and did, did that. Taylor sandbagged and did that. I don't know. All right. So here's the thing about that sand. All right. So he sandbagged, but was that was that national refs there? Yes. I thought possibly. Because yep. were those national, national refs? refs he, he, had a, he hit the American record uh, squat because he went 293, so he chipped it, and that got that's what got him. Um, because it was like 8.13, I believe. It wasn't even like, uh, or 8.12, because it wasn't even, that wasn't a rounded number to 8.12.5. He hit 8.12 on the dot because he did the American record squat. So, yes, Taylor had national refs. Ashton had national refs. We canceled each other out. Yeah, okay, that canceled. I was just, all right, aside from the deadlift that should have got red-lighted, even though it's a red-light, a red-light that doesn't dictate Taylor Atwood's struggles as a competitor, it was just a moment. It was a heat of the moment situation. He threw his deadlift in ex- excitement. Um, there was when I was watching that meet, like a few things on the bench where I was questioning. If there was next was was the bench press, like the press press command looked pretty quick, in my opinion, for Atwood, and it still looked like a struggle for Atwood on Atwood standards. So I don't know if it was exactly like the biggest sandbag on his squat and bench. I would say he had 820 that day. Yes. That's what I'd say. I, I'd agree with you on that. But, I well, mean, we're talking about hypotheticals. Like, we just don't know that. We're talking about hypotheticals. I Can't you use the same argument? All right, Ashton missed the lift and still beat Atwood on good lift points. And that's something that really shouldn't happen when you're talking about a 105 to 74. Like, a 105, it's not based on good lift score. It's really not that favored in like for them, you know? Yeah, I mean, it is biased. It is a little bit biased towards 74. It is. I I, don't know, I honestly thought, I, I did not think Ash could beat Atwood on good lift points. I really didn't do it, and he did it. Very close, very slim margins. Um, Atwood's comment was quite interesting on there. Didn't he say uh, if we were competing at the same time, he would have easily won a good lift points? Yeah, in October, he said he would have easily won. Whew. Man, that's all right. That's an interesting. That's a very interesting, very confident uh, conversation there. But undoubtedly, beat him. Good lift points. Nine more weeks of fight. Yeah, huh. yeah. This is this is growingly this is growing more difficult for me. It's actually. I, I still know my vote, but it's actually as I talk about it more, it's narrowed the gap of what I thought. Like it, this is super. It, I, I, I don't think I would have liked to. Oh, man, I, I don't want to say I would like to see Ashton take a break from that November to the meet that he did. When was that? February? Yeah, February 27th. Yeah, I guess I, I, I would have probably liked to see him take a little bit of a break there, only because of how much weight he lifts. Because that's like that's the thing. That's what I remember, but I just know it was such a like a short carryover from meet to meet. And I don't know, like that that meet 
in my opinion, is the best for Ashton Rusko to do. Uh, one in June would definitely be. So, man, yeah, for – I I don't know. I still think I have to go with my guns here. I still have to think – I still have to go, in my opinion, with a person who I think can possibly edge out the other person because no matter what, I mean, this – like we were talking about so many times of who you think is the best performance – I think if Ashton Rouska beats Taylor Atwood on good lift points, which he can very well do, has the lead on him right now, granted by a very slim margin, but did that in the past, then that's my argument right there. He is the better lifter. And I and I think it's even it's even a bigger precedent the fact that he was able to do it at one oh five. Yeah, I mean it's again, if you are very confident that he's beating Bryce then I think you have to vote Ashton. I'm just not sold on that Bryce is out yet. And that's not anything against Ashton. That's how good I think Bryce is. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, I mean, if Bryce ends up winning here, then you have a t- conversation of, you know, Bryce being the, the second best yeah. lifter. Well, Bryce wins, then he should have won this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, Bryce wins. Well, we're, we are going to revisit this bracket and see how bad our takes yes. are. That's going to be fun. Actually the best, this is just predictions. We're going to actually have to say who is the best. And yeah, like if Bryce beats Ashton, Bryce, I think, might beat Taylor. That's possible. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And we, it, I mean, we possible. had a debate. We had a debate with you know Keiko and what he can do in the sport in the future. I just still think that right now, I don't know. I always, I, I, I mean, again, every sports analogy I use doesn't work out in Astronaut's favor because I always bet the hot hand, and I'm a terrible gambler on top of that too, and I really don't win a lot of my bets, so I can't. But like, I just. I just see Ashton Rouska being – this is, I think, going to be the passing of the torch between Taylor Atwood to Ashton Rouska at 2021, where it's not Taylor Atwood is a bad lifter. It's Ashton Rouska is going to be known as the best lifter. Or he's not regressing. It's just this is Ashton Rouska's – it's going to be his – it's going to be his ball game for for uh, several years from now. Okay. Are we, are we locking that in then? I gotta stick with it. I gotta stick with my pick here. All right. I well, think by I'm the slimmest of margins. Margin, but that's gonna repeat that. I said it's gonna go to. I mean, because of that, I'm gonna go Taylor. But that gives it to Ashton because of the fan vote. I'm gonna say one more thing though. We got another episode coming up. Yeah. Who are you more likely to choose over Amanda if you were to choose them over Amanda between Ashton and Taylor? Wait, do we want to save that for next episode, though? I am, but I'm just, I'm, you don't have to say your answer, but oh. does that change your thoughts at all? No. It, it, it wouldn't. Only because... Oh, uh, yeah, because I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't give you as much of it, because if I go into the explanation, it's going to... Well, I'm going to go into the explanation a bit, because, to an extent, it doesn't mean I'm choosing who I'm choosing between any of them. I'm saying I have a better argument of Taylor over Amanda than I do Ashton over Amanda. Because Taylor, if we're going male versus female, and we can't compare total loads, good lift points don't really calculate well because they're not, I mean, even though we can, they can't because women versus men is a bit different. Again, Taylor, six-time national champion, two-time ITF world champion. Yeah. None of those other people can do it. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, okay. where, that's, my other, that's where I also think forward, is that Taylor has a better argument against Amanda than Ashton does against Amanda, in my opinion. Okay, all right. So based on that, yeah, I agree. I would just, I guess, saying 
with it, with regards to just having the most impressive performance at Raw Nationals, where you know I, I think if I give you too much of what I think, then you already know my answer for the next episode. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll keep it in, but I understand what you're saying. But yeah, I I think right now, based on what I've seen from Ashton Roska, I think I've seen so much throughout his competitions where he is. I think he's completely eradicated that notion that he's a gym lifter, that he is putting his freakishly good total out on the platform and i i I, and that's what that i i am betting more on potential here and more of certain things that have happened recently because what taylor atwood said is like well if we would have competed in october i would have had a better good lift points in you it's like well anyone can say that right russ can say that about sean it's like well yeah if i would have competed in october too i would have had a much better total than you right but he didn't we don't know that Anyone can say that. Anyone can say that in a given moment. Uh, it has been yeah. said before in, in powerlifting. So I I have the confidence always- though, and I know that Taylor Atwood's a big is a is a big mindset type of guy, but so is Ashton. That's that's a real that's a real meeting they're of the mindset. Yeah, they're both competitors. I just I wouldn't bet against Taylor. I just wouldn't bet against them. I, I think we're gonna. I think we might see something just well, absolutely. I'm a riskier gambler than you, so I, would I hope. Bet I hope you Taylor. actually really piss him off. I hope I piss Ashton off. And hey, hey, piss Taylor off. You know what? Yeah, I. You know what? I hope. I hope I do piss off Taylor Atwood, so he comes on the fucking show finally. About, yeah, I'm gonna talk a bunch of shit, and so he also, comes on. The I show. hope I piss Ashton <laughs> off, but not that he wants to like hurt me. Cause yeah, because he he's already. We, we already got him on the show, so <laughs> we're we're good there. Yeah, I yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, maybe talk a little bit of shit right now about Taylor Atwood, so he finally comes on two white lights because I've asked him before and he hasn't yet. So you know maybe if he wants to plead his case on why he's the best overall lifter and argue against me, which would be a hilarious argument, by the way, hilarious <laughs> argument. It would be so funny me telling Taylor well, Atwood to just, his face why I don't think he's gonna he, win Raw Nationals. All he'd say is like. I don't, I don't like discuss if I'm a better lifter, if I total more than you in your weight class above. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like, that would be an argument. And I'll be like, oh yeah, well, my hair is better than yours and yours looks weird at times. That's the only thing I would be able to say back to him. I would just pretty much make fun of how he looks because I would be so outclassed as far as powerlifting competition goes. He's like. Yeah, he could say anything. It's like, yes, yeah, six years ago, you weren't even in powerlifting. You were just sitting around, you know, putting – I was winning national championships. When you, you didn't even know powerlifting was a thing yet, Angelo. It's like you're just he, – he, he could call me a jabroni and get away with it. Be like, yeah, okay, Taylor, I would have to bow, bow down to you. But maybe I'll have Ashton, like, with me. Like, by my right – yeah, just by, just like looking at him the entire time with his uh, arms crossed, like – Okay, this is my insurance. Or, you know, because I'll have actually Jesus on the other side. Being like, if, if, it, if that was... I'd be scared. Of, I mean, Taylor's one of those guys. He said it. Like, he's a, I'm not saying he's not a friendly guy, but he said, like, he gets in a mindset of not liking his competition. Like, he can't go in and, like, be, like, super, super, super buddy-buddy. Like, no, I don't see that. that like, I know, I see... Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean... I, mean, I think it was in the SPD Sheffield interview hold, he kind of said that in the sense uh, of, like... Okay. Hold on, because I actually might piss him off right now, uh, if he's listening, which I doubt he is. But, because again, I've asked him to come on the show before, and he hasn't. But, he says those things. He does have a tendency to over-embellish certain things, just 
kind of on what he says on Instagram and what he says on his story. He's a he's a bit of an exaggerator because I well, saw at Raw me. Nationals you know, just, he was Michael super Jordan buddy buddy with Burke. He was super buddy buddy with Burke. But Jordan was an exaggerator too. He'd make up things in his head to create motivation. Yeah, but I think he would create that in his head, specifically in his head, but not for an SPD ad or a Nike ad. It seemed like it was for the thing. Well, I think it's just also just hate, hard to hate Perk, though. He's nice. No, like, it's for, no, no, no. I could, he, could, <laughs> <laughs> he could get a, he could get on people's nerves. I mean, I think just based on like if we keep on going with conversations on two white lights. It's just that I'm a curmudgeon and get annoyed very easily by things because I'm quite literally annoyed by anything like, like, yeah, but, uh, I, I do think, I don't know. Like he was pretty buddy, buddy with perk at nationals and he was, he was friendly with all the guys like on the King of lifts podcast, they wanted to make it seem like it was a big trash talking fest between them. And it just wasn't, it was a very basic thing. And you could tell that he had, a respect or an, like no animosity towards the three other guys. And I don't know. I'm not going to get into like the whole thing again, but I don't know. I don't buy. We got, a we, lot we got our winners. Ashton yeah. versus Amanda. All the right. Finale next week. We, uh, yeah, that's, that's the grand finale. That's going to be why this is better. March madness than the actual March madness. Our March madness pits up the male and female regular March madness. They just stop. They just, they just, uh, they just stop right there. So we're gonna have that Amanda Lawrence, Ashton Rouska, who's gonna have the best performance at Raw Nationals, who the fans pick, who we pick. That's gonna be exciting. That's gonna be really interesting comments. But the comments were interesting this week, which they were. I told Arian Kamisi on a DM. The comments in the two white lights range from, well, that's a pretty interesting thought. To what the fuck is this person even talking about? I'm curious to see if we get more of that next week. I'm just curious. I don't. I don't know. Like I don't know where this is gonna go. Well, the only thing we might in, are we gonna do a fan vote? Or I guess we're doing a fan vote for it. We have to. We're, we just have heavily, to. we're heavily skewed in our viewer demographic. Is is that gonna sway things? I don't know. I honestly if you, don't if you know look it. at the likes, just this is just a fact. If you look at the likes of the men's post versus the women's post, there's a there's a big skew there. It, oh yeah. So here, all right. So here's what I know. It's gotten better because I think we're starting to attract more women. Because... So interesting. Interesting thing is the demographics for two white lights as opposed to fourteen oh power of who follows my page. Two white lights is much better. <laughs> it's like it's like you know a solid. There's a solid female base for two white lights, and on fourteen oh power, my personal powerlifting page. No, that's not the case at all. It's like so heavily skewed towards a male demographic it's actually it's kind of actually kind of embarrassing i don't know how i should think about it like i don't know i don't know I, maybe it's an ego oh, thing the one thing the one thing i'll say want we'll to see if it's a very close vote awesome if it's like heavily skewed one way or the other we might just do me versus you yeah i don't sure. know we'll see we'll see yeah. how it goes that's, sure. gonna, that's gonna we'll be see. interesting one see how it turns out we'll see i yeah um, I hope it's close because it should be there. That there is no right answer though. There, yeah. Amanda versus. Well, you know what I think. Fighters. You know what we've seen before. If Amanda puts it on her story and uh, you know repost it, repost to my likes, give us all to give us all clout bump there. Um, I think I actually think a lot of people would just vote for Amanda. I don't know. It's yeah. I will be. 
Yeah, I, 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 in all honesty, I would like to see alternate matchups between it, like Heather Connor and Amanda Lawrence, or Heather Connor, uh, uh, Ashton Rouska, uh, not Ashton Rouska, uh, Taylor Atwood, Amanda Lawrence, Taylor Atwood, Danielle Mello, Ashton Rouska, Danielle Mello. Like seeing how that all matches up would have been interesting. It would have just been a, such a big headache to constantly do that <laughs> and yeah. possibly piss off a bunch of lifters while we're at it. Like who knows? Who, <laughs> who knows? I mean. We, we create a lot of allies on Two White Lights, but we also burn, you know, bridges along the way, too. So we don't want to burn too many of those bridges. But, yeah, can't wait for that. We're going to have that up probably Monday. Yeah, might as well just uh, throw it up Monday. Or actually sooner than that. We can actually do it sooner. Um, because uh, March Madness is long gone. So we could possibly do it within that Monday. Who knows? Uh, we'll get it on. But we also had another meet this week or last week that took place, I believe it was on Saturday or Sunday, of the Queen Bee Powerlifting Competition in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, 2021 APF Cincinnati Women's Pro-Am. And that's oh, um, that APF meet has always been ridiculously good as far as the women showing up and competing there. And so, again, I was out of t- I was hosting my meet. I didn't pay super close attention to any meets this weekend, but I, I think we've all seen there's, there's three lifts that got, like, a bunch of attention – and maybe not enough attention. And that's why we kind of wanted to talk about it. Because yeah. these were incredible. And this, so. this, I guess the thing with, uh, because people do make those comments. And it's like, okay, Two White Lights is obviously, we have our we have our demographic. We have the things that you and I are interested in. And that's USAPL. And, you know, untested side of powerlifting too, but primarily raw lifting USAPL. That's kind of our, mm-hmm. that's our forte. That's our strong point. But even this meet to me, not being, you know, super involved in that side of powerlifting, really, I mean, I was, I was stunned by a few of the performances. So I know you're going to lift off the, uh, the big, the big three that you saw. Yeah. So the big three were Jessica Springer, Jacqueline Cornwell, and then Leah Reichman. I don't know how you say it. Um, I'll lead off with Leah because this is something we really don't talk about. It was multiply. Yeah. But legit, like it, this, that, that looked like, mul- I, I'll call it multiply depth. It looked at least at minimum to parallel. So I'm, I, I was very impressed by this lift. Like it, it very well could have been depth. I mean, it looked, it was way deeper than any multiply lift I usually see. But 880 pounds from a female. Yeah. Biggest squat ever in history of any kind for a female lifter. Um, just honestly insane. I, I mean, just fact is I had never heard of it before. I don't follow multiply lifting in the first and multiply, place. And multiply lifting with the competitors, there's just not too many well-known names on both sides, men and female. Like, yeah. males probably have more of the bigger names, but still, like, within the Instagram, social media, powerlifting thing that's kind of running stuff, and you can make a debate if that's good or bad. Just, it's not... And they're not as active. They're not as, like... They're not as... I, I don't want to say... Maybe I might say the use the word thirsty for social media attention or Instagram interactions as the raw powerlifting side is. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, mean, I think there's only, I can't even say his name, Dave, Dave Hoff. That's the only multiply lifter I know of that I could have named before we are talking about Leah is Dave Yeah. Hoff. I mean, uh, I, then there are a bunch of guys that don't know if they're competing anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of people I know that don't compete. Or, like, like, I, like actually, if you told me that they still of, compete, I'll be like, do they? Matt Manuth. Matt Manuth. Matt Manuth is actually, if you want to watch, like, a multiply guy who's actually really good at, like, getting the lifting to standard, he's actually a pretty good one to watch. 
I haven't heard of them, but I'll check them out. But yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not sure. Again, we like totals. I'm not sure how all of their totals stack up, and I wish I had the information there because I don't see it on their actual pages, nor is it on open powerlifting. So all we can talk about is lifts here, but I have to assume their totals are up there. I think Jacqueline is the only one that I know of. I think hers was going to be like the third best total all time at her weight class. I'm going to have to assume if that's the heaviest squat and the heaviest deadlift for Jessica and Leah, that has to be up there. I'm not sure where that is. Um, but yeah, Leah, 880-pound multiply squat. We've got... Jacqueline at 148, um, squatting 570 in wraps um, to depth. All these lifts look very good. And I, I, I guess I'm going to say surprising. That's one of those things that sometimes we see these these federations that aren't USPA or WRPF, and like we expect not stand like legitimate standard world uh, records. Well, All of these were. That was what was very impressive. It, I, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Like. It depends on the competitor in a lot of those times. Oh, yeah, for That's sure. That's the thing. Oh, like, God, it was... depends on the competitor. Like, a lot of these competitors, they can possibly get away with squatting high, but a lot of them just don't because that's how they do it. Like, APF, so a- APF is a crapshoot sometimes. Like, there are certain feder- there are certain meat directors who red light raw squats. I'm like, okay, nice. We see some consistency here. Then there's other meat directors where there's non-existent press commands and the squats are, you know, white-lighted pretty easily. I mean, competing in the APF myself, I've seen this before. There are certain meat directors who kill it, and there are certain meat re- directors who don't. Um, and the one, this one, this particular one, is usually excellent. Okay. Well, I mean, I would, I would I, again, I don't have enough information on this particular meat, but based on the fact that all three of those lifters were lifting a great standard, I, I assume this meat was held to a great standard, which is awesome. And then Jessica Springer is the third one. Um, biggest deadlift in female history, 630 pounds. So Jessica, we got the biggest squat and multiply history, biggest deadlift in history from any weight class ever. Um, and then, like I said, Jacqueline, biggest squat at 148 ever. Yes. Uh, Jessica Springer, I posted on my story, Jessica may legitimately be the strongest person I've ever met. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not just saying that she's, she's from Chicago. I've seen her lift before. She is so goddamn strong and impressive. I can't really describe it. Like every every like strength sport she does, she seems to be really good at it. Just based on my experience of seeing her, like strongman training, amazing. Powerlifting, amazing. She played uh, football in female leagues, amazing there too. Like just and then seeing her lift is really effortless, and that deadlift was clean it was a clean yes. clean deadlift i'm looking at records right now because again i don't know what their totals were um jessica currently has the third highest total all time um she was about 50 pounds away from second so i'm gonna guess she hopped in the second and the highest ever is april mathis at 1700 so i'm gonna guess jessica went over 1600 maybe we'll see so that would be second highest total of all time and it looks like it's pretty much the same for leah Leah currently has the second highest total all time. The highest total is about 150 pounds ahead of her. So she probably closed the gap there. Becca's that's from 2005. That's looks like the, almost the longest standing record in multiply 2005. Becca Swanson went 2050. So Leah, I assume closed the gap there, but yeah, I mean, very clean list. Cause that's another thing is, I mean, 
I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not sure the other lists by those other world records um, just because I don't know what federations they were done in, but there's no doubt about all three competitors here. That 630 deadlift was clean. That 570 squat from Jacqueline was clean. And that squat from Leah was about the best depth I've seen on a multi-ply squat. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. And usually just based on what I've seen, um, so I've been aware about that meet since I've really started powerlifting. Uh, it, because I have my, you know, my roots in AAPF meets, uh, that it's usually run, ran pretty well and lifts are relatively good over there. But again, yeah, like, and even the Jess Springer, like, cause I've seen her compete. She's just like winning all these Chicago competitions easily. And like USPA, APF doesn't really matter. She's just kind of destroying it. And she's never going to get recognition because simply doesn't seem to care about the whole bells and whistles social media thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's like what I've noticed. Like she is going, she is like the strongest female powerlifter you've never heard of. And she just got into it recently too, didn't she? Like, I'm pretty sure I just started hearing about her like maybe like a year or so ago. I think it's, she's pretty new to the sport. And when I met her in 2018, I just think she was going into prep for her first powerlifting competition. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, she's going to kill it. And then she did even better than I was anticipating. I was like, whoa. I, I mean, I figured she was going to win like best overall lifter at this meet, but like one best overall lifter. And then we look at all time numbers was in the thick of things. So yeah, uh, always an absolute, always been like just an absolute beast of a competitor. Yeah. But yeah, that's actually a good way to, uh, to end off the show here. So our March madness, cause we're in April right now. Thanks Kyle for bringing that up. Like, like, what a nerd. Like, we all know March Madness ends in April. Come on. Like, Kyle, you, you watch sports, right? You, you gotta know March Madness ends in April. So, the conclusion of this will be next week, where we have our grand finale, male first female. Also, Perfect timing, because I go to Cancun the week after. It's fantastic. Oh, you know what? That means I could uh, knock out some uh, interviews there. Yeah. Sweet. Because yeah, we have a lot of interviews on the back burner here. Yeah, April twenty fourth to May first, Cancun for me. So I'm I'm gonna be sipping okay. margaritas. Nice. No powerlifting for me for a week. Fantastic. Well, it's not fantastic for two white lights because your contributions are heavily needed uh, as far as you know the the, uh, the production value, and you're the you're the you're the only host who hasn't been canceled. So we gotta make sure. Like, if I get fully canceled, that you're there to kind of carry the flags. Carry it forward. Carry the torch. Yeah. I mean, we also, but we also have Kyle to fill in for me to remember that I could do the whole editing thing. I could be the producer of two white lights. It's like one of those things where it's like when someone gets canceled, they just work behind the scenes for a little bit and then they kind of like slowly work themselves back into on air stuff. That could be me if I get fully canceled. And Snyder now comes all the way back and is fully buying the team out. Please don't compare to me to Dan Snyder, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, we can go with that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, that'll be a good time to actually get some interviews going. Um, all right, all right, that works. But also, really quick, uh, Showdown, You was it the Springfield Showdown you did? Yep. Was that the, f- we got to find out another name for Showdown. There's too many Showdowns. Well, we got talks going about maybe a 
USAPL two white likes classic next year. Ooh, classic, classic. All right. If we're we're gonna we we'll, we might talk that about a bit more, but we're talking between me, you, and uh, Al Alvarado, uh, maybe a, a USAPL two whites two white lights classic. That would be fantastic. We got a. We might have to brainstorm ideas. How to I, ha- I had the showdown since 2018. That's before hybrid, and I think before hybrid, and uh, but yeah, showdown was everywhere. I didn't have. I, I, I showdown, showdown, battle, war. Yeah, those are the three ones. And classic, classic, classic is up there. It sounds cooler, but classic is up there. Like when Russ called it the corrupted strength classic, I'm like, what's classic about it? It's never happened before. How is it the first annual classic? Are in classics in the past to the present? That's right, why the, how about the, the the two white lights shindig. No one's ever <laughs> called it a shindig. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. We'll we'll definitely brainstorm with names because I'm a big title guy. So but that's gonna do it for this week's two white lights. I just had to get clarification on showdown because there's so many showdowns. Yeah. It's just the go to. Yeah. All right, we are going to be back Monday. Guests to be determined. See you guys next week. Peace.